On the cover, Southpaw stands shoulder to shoulder with Midas, looking uncertainly at the dozens of terrifying tiny clowns being summoned around them. Looming in the darkness behind our heroes are the silhouettes of three enormous mutated fish creatures. Wonder World Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 1, Time to be Heroes, Issue 3, Nightmare Fuel. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. So, our comic opens with KT and Allison phasing through the back wall of the warehouse and out into the alleyway. Allison is kind of shocked and confused about what just happened, is kind of flashing in and out of existence, uh, clutching a black duffel bag tightly that she's been carrying this whole time. Ah. What do you do, KT? I will... uh... I will pop her out of the building, telling her, I apologize, I must leave you here. And uh, spin around, uh, do a lap, see if I can find out where Moonflower is, and uh, float my way back to uh, the action, I guess. Allison kind of looks at you and nods and says, uh, yeah, yeah, I can can lay low here. Will you deal with um, that? Uh, Actually, while she lays low, is there anything like large metallic shipping containery shaped or uh yeah you guys are are at a warehouse in the cannery district of course there are shipping containers lying around sweet i'm going to uh i'm gonna move i think three or four around to create a uh a little shipping container fort for her to hide in awesome awesome says uh okay uh i'll uh just Wait here then, I guess. Uh, good luck. And then uh, we turn the page and we will cut to Moonflower's perspective from the rafters looking down at Midas and Southpaw, surrounded by a tiny army of terrifying clown toddlers. I don't think they're that terrifying. For the record. They don't even have guns. <laughs> <laughs> they could. If I make so. <laughs> we can fix that. <laughs> so, uh, what is your plan of action for your team, Moonflower? Um, is there perhaps some wiring or cables that I can use to kind of swing myself down a little closer while still having the option to get back up to the rafters if I need to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely... Um, like some support beams and columns that you can uh, kind of swing down on to get a little bit closer. I'm going to swing down and get a little bit closer. Awesome. Awesome. Um, It sounds like you might be assessing the situation. Sure. Um, Superior, right? Um, Indeed. Oh, I also have... Be mindful of your surroundings when you assess a situation before entering into a fight. You may ask one additional question, even anonymous. Awesome. Definitely think that applies. So that was a 15. Holy crap. <laughs> Ian uh, has a really high superior. <laughs> <laughs> so on a 10 plus, you get to ask two questions from the following list, and you take plus one while acting on the answers. Uh, what here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is the most vulnerable to me? And how could we best end this quickly? So let's go with who here is the most vulnerable to me. Okay. Um, so it looks like um, from your vantage point, looking down on these fish creatures, you can see that they're kind of, they have this like all kinds of uh, weird like medical implants and like robotics and electrodes and stuff connected to them and they're like mutated flesh. And then they've got these tubes just pumping this black goo through their muscles that are all attached to like a backpack thing. Um, And looking down below you, the uh, starfish creatures backpack is uh, like not quite as tightly connected. It looks like it got caught on something or was torn a little bit. Uh, But starfish creature is definitely the most vulnerable to you right now being directly beneath you and having this vulnerability. 
Okay, and then how can we best end this quickly? Um, Allison is safe. Uh, if you wanted like to end it quickly, you guys could just get out. Um, or are you more interested in ending the threat of these creatures quickly? I want to end the threat. Okay, cool, cool. In that case, then I think targeting um, these kind of backpack control centers for whatever kind of mechanical, uh, technological weirdness is going on with these things. Okay. Um, and then you get one extra question. Um, um, let's go with what here is the biggest threat. Um, the biggest threat is go, uh, the lionfish mutant creature. It's covered in, like, poisonous spines. One of its arms is just monstrously huge and has these giant, wicked claws. Um, and he is right now lurching directly towards uh, Midas and Southpaw with saliva dripping from his sharp fangs. And you get plus one when you act on those answers. How are our, how are, let's check in with our two boys. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Uh, One's coming right at me though, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, may I react to, to that action? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm, I'm going to decide the best course of action is to directly spew two fistfuls of hellfire directly towards him. Excellent, excellent. Um, Go ahead and roll 2d6 to directly engage a threat. Directly engaging. A two and a six. I picked the higher one, right? Uh, you. So you add them together, and That's then eight. we add your danger to that. Oh, yes. So, which is a one. Awesome. So that's a nine total. A nine. Cool. And uh, we have three team in the pool from last session. So uh, if someone wants to spend team, we could bump that up to a ten, or we could just leave it at a nine and continue. Uh, but yeah. So when you directly engage a threat, uh, on a hit, you trade blows. On a 7 to 9, you pick 1. So uh, resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or oppress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I shall frighten. Oh, hold on. I was going to say, um, is it uh, would it be possible to help him out to make it a complete success? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How does How does Sam help him out? Um, so I think, uh, with the, the lionfish lurching towards us, um, I, I think what makes the most sense would be like, as those like balls of flame fly towards him, that, uh, that Sam just quickly darts around to his side and takes a swing at like the manifold some sort of part of the backpack or something awesome awesome absolutely so yeah so uh midas just unleashes two giant gushing torrents of flame uh and sam uses the opportunity to swing around to the side and get in a hit on the weak point awesome so that bumps you up to a 10 so you get to pick two from that list Definitely frighten. And then what were the other options? Uh, resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies. Or press your visor I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resist their blows. Awesome. So, yeah, uh, you just overwhelm this lionfish creature. It, like, brings its giant meaty arm up in front of its face to try and shield itself from the flames. And uh, Southpaw is just hammering on it over and over with his baseball bat. And there's just, like, uh, cracking, like, metal and, like, bits of this weird, like, wiring and electronics that are hooked up to these things just go flying everywhere uh, as you just smash this thing to bits. Um, And, yeah, and as you two are just, like, beating on this thing, it, uh, like, like, takes a step back and throws its head back and lets out this bellowing roar. And uh, the backpack starts to, like, glow and whir, and you see just more and more of this, like, goo just being pumped into this thing. And it starts to, uh, like, just grow larger and larger, and its other arm kind of, like, and, like, grows into, like, another hulking appendage. And uh, it's, like, eyes get really tiny and narrow, and it just lets out this blood-curdling, like, 
bellowing roar and starts just smashing everything around it. Well, shit. I think Eden would like to try and take out the starfish backpack. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so how are you going to go about doing that? What do we see on the comic page? So I've kind of got hold of some cables or something that I can basically sort of Tarzan swing in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It's got those, um, like, just like uh, bare bulbs hanging on, like, really, really long wires from the ceiling. Excellent. Love that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can swoop in there pretty quick. And the idea is to kind of cut the backpack off before they have a chance to really react. Awesome. Yeah. Um, sounds like you might be unleashing your powers to overcome an obstacle. Sure. Does that check out? Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. So go ahead and roll 2d6 and add your freak. That is a nine. Ooh. Awesome. So on a hit, you do it. On a seven to nine, you can choose to mark a condition or the GM will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Um, we'll go with, tell me how the effect is temporary or unstable. Um, so you do this like really awesome kind of like pirouetting leap and flip through the air and catch onto this light bulb and swing down and land on this backpack and just drive your knife right into the main kind of CPU system and uh, slice down through all these cables and they start uh, just spraying wildly. Uh, this like black viscous goo that is like just smells like really foul um and uh the creature starts um like screaming in agony and uh like falls to the ground and like whatever this stuff was was like you know not only empowering it but also like not only increasing its vitality, but also, you know, maintaining its vitality with whatever weird experiment has been done to these things. Um, And so it is now like flailing kind of uncontrollably and crashing into a wall, but it's not as violent uh, as the lionfish creature. I have a quick question. Yes. I actually don't know if I'm just stupid, but I don't quite get how my burn ability works. So, um, you have those awesome powers you can do. Right. Um, but you have to charge your burn to do it, which is like just drawing your magical power into yourself. Okay. And you can choose to just do that. At any time. Yeah. Whenever you want to, yeah. So like going into a fight. Or, yeah. I think like now, for example, would be an excellent would be a time great time to, to charge up your magic. Awesome. So, um, since this is the first time we've seen this on the comic book page, what does that look like to Mid- as Midas gathers up the forces and powers at his disposal to wield them? Uh, that'd be a lot like uh, like Sue kind of starts growing larger and spikier and maybe even just like kind of grabbing through a nightmare portal in the ground to sort of pull in more power from that dimension. Awesome. Directly. Awesome. Um, so as you are, um, so, so, uh, to charge your burn, you go ahead and roll 2d6 and add the number of conditions you have marked because you're a very angsty boy. So the more feels you are feeling, the more powerful you become. Okay. Currently I only have one. Okay. So roll 2d6 and add one. A six. Total? Total. Total. Ooh. So, uh, let's see. So, when you charge your powers, roll plus conditions you currently have marked. On a hit, you hold three burn. On a seven to nine, you also mark a condition. On a miss, hold two burn, but mark three conditions. So, you are able to to still get some power. You get two burn to spend, play around with. But you need to mark another three conditions. So... Which can be better for next time. Yeah, it'll mean, yeah, you'll be way better at charging your burn next time. So what conditions are you marking and why? How does this, how is this different from when you normally charge your powers? Why is this, why doesn't this go the way you expect? Hmm. Um, I will go with, I'm already angry. 
So I will go with Afraid, because I'm not sure why damaging this guy is making seeming to make him a little bit more powerful. Mm-hmm. That's a little that's a little spoopy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go with Guilty, because uh, I feel very responsible for this being my friend from the library that we're mm-hmm. going after mm-hmm. here, and don't want others to get hurt by it. Um, and let's let's go with uh, let's go with insecure that I that I might not be able to do the damage. I'm hoping if this has just yeah. got to get chunkier. And um, I'm just going to add that uh, while you're like drawing out this nightmare energy from the portal beneath you, um, and like the you have this kind of army of clown toddlers around you as well that uh some of the nightmare energy that comes like splashing out is this same kind of like viscous black goo that like Ooh. is kind of like what suit is made out of almost yeah. like not quite the same stuff but similar yeah let's check in with southpaw real quick okay um Describe the scene to me now of like where everything stands. Awesome. Right. So um, Midas has attacked the lionfish creature um, and it went berserk and is now on a rampage through the swarm of tiny toddler clowns. Moonflower leapt from the shadows and backstabbed a starfish creature, which is just classic Moonflower. Um and it is now uh, like wounded and spraying black goo and injured. And there's a third kind of crustacean creature that is getting ready to get in on the action. Okay. Um, so I was like behind the lionfish when it's, did it get like, it got like significantly bigger, right? Like, yes. yes. Okay. Um, whatever, is... yeah, whatever devices are implanted into this thing, they kicked on, and it is now very upset. Okay, so I think Southpaw was kind of just like he he went around and he was wailing on the thing and kind of frustrated at, that you know he couldn't quite get the swing off that he wanted like it has it had like spikes and stuff that were like preventing him from getting Mm -hmm. a direct hit he felt like and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's getting bigger and before he even thinks about it he just kind of hops on to the backpack and like grab like grabs it to start to like grapple with it and find some sort of hose he can unplug or something awesome and then the lionfish starts to like get bigger and bigger, and he's like, uh, "Oh, oh, oh, shoot, boys! Oh, uh, uh, why don't you go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat? This is two d six plus your danger. Um, seven, seven, excellent. Uh, I said that's a hit. Um, so on a hit, you trade blows." And on a seven to nine, you get to pick one. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. <laughs> I think I want to take something from them. I think I've got to try and remove something crucial about the um, the backpack. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so you're on this backpack, and you're kind of like yanking at tubes and trying to. Uh, you know, get your bat wedged into the mechanics. And then you see this kind of like lightly glowing blue kind of like chip implanted in the back of its neck. And uh, you reach up and grab the back of it and just yank it out of the back of his head just as it gets a claw into your bandolier and swings you off its back and hurls you through the air and you go slamming into a wall of the warehouse uh go ahead and roll to take a powerful blow mm, so okay. 2d6 plus the number of conditions you have marked and this is the one you want to roll low on okay i have two conditions marked 10 great awesome Ooh. i did it again i think i've done this twice now awesome oh man so you successfully take a huge hit <laughs> <laughs> the die don't lie the die don't Ladies lie and gentlemen. 
On a 10 plus, you must remove yourself from the situation, flee, pass out, etc. Um, lose control of your powers in a terrible way or two options from the seven to nine list. Well, it's been fun this session to talk with you guys, but I don't think I'll be talking much more. Uh, yeah. Midnighters have had a rough night getting tossed around. Just kind of. Yeah, we kind of ran into a, a buzzsaw, but shoot. I don't regret it, though. I got that little chip thingy out, so mm-hmm. I think it was worth and, it. And uh, you're removing yourself from the situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm unconscious and I'm okay. very that. seriously hurt. Like, just the mechanism of injury mm-hmm. of what I just went through is yeah, yeah, quite absolutely. serious. Um, yeah. Waldo runs over to you and is kind of like licking your face, trying to get oh. you back into the fight. But Midas and Moonflower, you see that Southpaw still has this wire connected to the control chip. And the creatures now, the lionfish creature at least, is a lot more kind of docile. And just kind of standing there, you know, breathing heavily and, you know, looks very uncomfortable, but is no longer going completely berserk. Mr. Midas, you have a buttload of power that you have drawn into yourself. What are you using it for? I do. Um, so currently, there's there's still the three fish people. Yes. We have the big Chungus, who's not quite as freaking out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have the one that Moonflower sort of did some damage to. Mm -hmm. We have a third that is as of yet unaffected. Yes, it is. Yeah, trying to get around behind you and wade its way through the Nightmare Toddlers. Mm. Um, So since I now have two burn, I can use those for abilities of sorts. Yes, yes, for your flares. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Then let me... Um, we can jump over to KT for a second, too, if you want to... For one... Yeah, one second. If you want to ponder. Come, awesome, awesome. Right KT. Uh, there is a rumble and a ruckus going on inside of this warehouse. Uh, what have you been up to once it's been kicking off? Uh, try to get back to uh, that room we just left. Uh, I think I'm going to try to phase very quietly up through the floor uh, where I assume behind uh, everyone would have been as I pop up out of the woodwork. So what do I see? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So you see um, Waldo licking Southpaw's face as he is collapsed against one of the walls. Moonflower is on top of a starfish creature, stabbing it repeatedly with a dagger. Um <laughs> <laughs> the crustacean creature is now uh, like engaged with the nightmare toddlers that are the reason I need therapy. Gotcha. What, uh, what KT shall do then? Um, I shall float my way over to, uh, over to Southpaw, uh, gently pick him and uh, Waldo up and try to phase them out of, out of danger and uh, bring him back to uh, Allison's little, shipping container fork. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you can... I think that's totally within your powers. I don't think you need to roll for that. KT is going in uh, to try and evac Southpaw, and you see this going on, Midas. Your army of tiny terrors is not doing so hot against the mighty crustacean creature that assails them. Well, they were a little bit more of a distraction, and I feel like it would be be best to maybe put these put these fishes out of commission. So instead I'm going to use overcharge Excellent. to channel the full capacity of my abilities and spend both of the burns. And as I'm, as I'm drawing the power through the ground into the nightmare dimension, I'm going to open a large portal in the warehouse sort of ceiling there and uh, out of out of the very large portal falls what appears to be a somewhat of a uh, of some sort of undead tyrannosaurus rex with holes instead of eyes and just just a bunch of tentacles instead of a tongue that that oh. shoot out like a chameleon. Oh no, this is much worse. And uh, its first instinct is to attack the the biggest thing in front of it, which is the big fish boy. Big fish boy. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, what is uh? Can you just read overcharge for the uh, for me and the readers at so home, real quick? I channel the full capacity of my incredible powers to overcome an obstacle, reshape the environment, or extend my senses. 
spending two burn to take an automatic 10 plus when unleashing my powers. Awesome. This nightmare T-Rex drops out of the ceiling and it opens its mouth to unleash this like otherworldly roar that sort of reverberates through the room as uh, its tongue lashes out and splits in two and wraps around this lionfish creature and drags it back into the shadows and uh, vanishes. Crunchy. Cool. Moonflower. So I assume that I kind of saw how Southpod decommissioned the, or got the blue chip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which seems like it would be more effective than just repeatedly being stabby. Mm-hmm. Um, Starfish are known for their regenerative abilities as well, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm going to try and remove a blue chip if I can find one. Awesome, yeah, um, for sure. I think that would probably be directly engaging a threat if you're trying to take something from them. Does that make that, that make sense? Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, roll plus danger. And an eight. Uh, cool. And you get plus one while acting on this because you assess, assessed the situation. That is a nine. Awesome. And there is two team remaining in the pool. Should anyone like to spend some? I will spend one. Excellent. How are you? How are you helping out, Moonflower? As she's uh, taking this thing on. I uh, is, is she she's attacking the back of it, mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. and I assume I can I can make the distance the physical distance to to get there. You are a very strong demon boy. I, I do be a strong demon boy. Mm-hmm. I, I, you I also have wings. I leap with outspread wings. <laughs> you can literally fly. Um, and in in the process of <laughs> of gathering up all this power, I have I have beefed up suit to very large proportions. And I just come in to just give a a mighty blow to that fish face. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, uh, Moonflower, you're um, trying to get a hold of this blue chip thing. But the starfish, like, you know, doesn't really have, like, a head or, like, you know, an up or a down. So it keeps, like, kind of, like, rotating and spinning. And, like, you can't get a good hold on it. And then Midas just comes rocketing across the room in a burst of flame and shadow. And just Superman punches this thing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to the floor, and you're able to uh, finally grab hold of this control chip and rip it out of the back of this thing's head. Uh, awesome. So while this has all been going down, uh, the tiny army of nightmare toddlers is all but destroyed In as this crustacean creature is uh, kind of finished having its fun with them and is uh, continuing to smash its way through the warehouse through one of the sidewalls. I'd like to imagine that one demon toddler clown is getting away, but but I I reach to the ground and sort of this lava crack forms and at the end of it just grabs it and <laughs> no. pulls it back into the nightmare room. Because I'm responsible. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to let it run You're not gonna, pile. <laughs> got to clean up after yourself, you know? Exactly. Awesome, awesome. KT, you turn to... Return to the battle, only to see that the battle has come to you in the form of smashing its way through the wall of the warehouse. Oh, um, let's see. Uh, I don't want it to fall towards me. So what I shall do is I shall alter gravity above it so it'll start falling up. Ooh, awesome. Um, Why don't you go ahead and roll to unleash your powers? That is... 10 total. Awesome. And like, so what, uh, what does this look like on the page? Cause you crush this. How does this, uh, what does it look when you just wield your powers with, uh, grace and precision? Uh, I watch it fall towards me. And, uh, as I realize what is happening, I, uh, I whisper, Oh no. And, uh, it and all of its debris, and the rest of the walls start falling upwards and upwards and upwards until I no longer see it. Uh, yeah, so on a 10 plus, you do it. And this thing goes just sailing into the sky. And there is a moment of calm. That's lovely. Southpaw, you 
kind of slowly start to come to your senses. The back of your head is just a splitting headache of pain. And uh, you kind of look over, you see Allison, and you're in kind of this little uh, fort of shipping containers that KT's built. And then you look back at Allison and realize that uh, she's just like lying on the ground and not moving and has a black eye and a busted lip. And the duffel bag she was carrying is gone. What the... I get on the my comm system and say, uh, hey, guys, we got a situation here. Something happened to Allison. What happened? She should be right there in a shipping container for it, safe and sound. I don't rightly know. I do think I have a concussion if my previous <laughs> experience on... The matter as a you know junior varsity middle linebacker has anything to say about it, so I, I don't rightly know what I'm seeing, but uh, she is uh, not conscious, and I wish that I were not conscious. Um, she um is starting to come to as well. Oh, Jesus. oh my god, what happened? Did you see that guy? What, what guy? He had like a, a white mask and oh the bag and she like immediately starts freaking out and looking for the duffel bag. She's like, it's gone, it's gone. Oh my god, they're gonna kill me. I'm sorry that I I don't know what you're talking about or the duffel bag, but uh, are are you okay? Am am I okay? I are, are we okay? I think so. I hope so. But I got, I was, I, I took this job to deliver this, this bag and, and now it's gone and it wasn't with, you know, very, very nice people. You know, they're not like, uh, you know, the kind of people that'll just be like, oh, you know, better luck next time. Or like the kind of people that'll put you at the bottom of a river. Uh, uh, sorry, slow down. Something about the, the bottom of the river. Yes. Uh, good place for catfishing. You can kind of tickle them. My uncle showed me one time if you just put your fingers down there and try and tickle their bellies. and But you got to find the right spot, just an overhanging kind of muddy slop brain, slop area. And then like find a catfish hole, tickle their bellies and, and then you can grab them. Sorry. What were we talking about? Uh, do we all, here. Oh yeah, you guys are all hearing this. Yeah, I said I, I think he got hit a little too hard. We might need to take him to a hospital. <laughs> we should probably get that checked out. <laughs> I think Eden's been half listening and half taking some pictures to document the scene and trying to gather some, you know, black goo and such. As I think mm-hmm. is going to be interested in that for later. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have a little uh, collection file. You can take a sample of that. Uh, you get some pictures of the crime scene. Um, and as you're uh, taking some pictures of the inside of the little uh, shipping container fort that KT built, uh, you find something on the ground that was right next to where Allison was laying, right where actually the duffel bag was last seen. And it is a small white business card with a symbol on it. Uh, It's kind of a circular symbol, a black silhouette of a fox chasing its own tail. Gosh darn it. I'm also going to scoop up a little bit of goo and then just put it in my nightmare safekeeping room Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a different dimension, just in case it's needed later. It is at home. Mm -hmm. You you have a nightmare pocket dimension? Oh yeah, it's where I put all sorts of fun relics and weapons and all sorts of weird stuff that I find. It's got that spear that was thrown yep. at Moonflower. It has the spear from from our first adventure. Does it have like a mini bar, like a jacuzzi, or like a you know like a ping pong table or something? It should. It's I mean it's it's more of a dungeon kind of vibe, but <laughs> I mean a hot tub could just have some like. Lava or something underneath it. Yeah, some like bubbling mud pit, at, you know. But it's like, yeah, it's like a de- it's a demon spot. I should probably know? take you in there and see what we can do for a little remodel. 
Yeah, or and then yeah, that would be my other thought. It's like a sort of man cave type deal, like yeah, dartboard, you know, billiard. We should probably get your head checked out first. <laughs> <laughs> Cell phones got ideas, man. Keep going places. Um, your pupils are no longer equal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really don't feel well, guys. I don't. I mean, I'm maybe would go to a hospital, but I also know what they'd say. Like, I know I just need to like, you know, I think, uh, can't remember. I go to sleep right away or, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd, uh, honestly, Moonflower, you might recognize this symbol. I have been reading the files. Indeed. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us that roll? That is a 12. Ooh. Hell yeah. Okay, on ahead, tell the team what important detail you've learned from your studies. The GM will tell you what, if anything, seems different from what you remember. On a 10+, plus, ask the GM a follow-up question. They will answer it honestly. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to give you just kind of a, a little kind of um, what you might know about this individual, and then you can tell me your your fun fact and ask a question. Um but yeah, this is the calling card of Dark Fox, who is a relatively new player on the espionage scene, but um, is quickly made a name for themselves as a master thief and information broker. And uh, not much is known about their motives or what they're capable of or yeah, who they are, how they operate. Other than they're very good at what they do. More like Fark Docs. <laughs> <laughs> you tell them, Sam. <laughs> um, I think that Belladonna was able to find the only like actual trace of him. We'll, we'll go with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and a split second of video camera footage that yeah, so so we kind of have this split second of video footage of him that's fairly unremarkable. Um, no, like, crazy weapons that we could see or anything. Just apparently very good at what he does because mm-hmm. nobody yeah. seems to know anything about him. Yeah, um, kind of a average height male build, uh, dark hair kind of pulled back. Um, and a white wearing like a white fox mask is clearly visible and kind of the grainy footage. Awesome. And then um, you also get to ask a question about Dark Fox. I will answer honestly. So what was the last known crime that he committed or last thing he stole? Ooh. I mean, prior to the, the bag. I want to phrase that carefully. So previous to this incident, um, the last time he had shown up was you only heard about this uh, because you overheard like Belladonna talking with Black Falcon. But uh, apparently uh, in Shrike's pursuit of Pariah and tracking down these like mysterious robberies that there have been a couple of times where Dark Fox has shown up and interfered. And uh, yeah, they they don't know if, you know, He's working with Pariah or working against Pariah or what his interests are. But um, yeah, that was where he was. But last. what you're saying is Shrike has encountered him and I might have to go talk to Shrike about it. That That is what I'm implying. Yes. Hmm. 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 Duly noted. I also think we should maybe get Southpaw's head checked out. <laughs> awesome. As a point of priority, I think Eden knows a thing or two about concussions and has some concerns. Awesome, awesome. So uh, you guys going to pile into the van and head back to the Shopco for a, a medical examination of <laughs> Southpaw? That seems like a wise decision to me. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, so you guys uh, head back to the Shopco and kind of review some of your footage. Kind of compare notes, uh, look over the evidence. And uh, yeah, Southpaw has, um, where do you have like, um, I mean, not not like a a med bay or whatever, but you know, there's got to be like a kind of a a first aid section of the Shopco. I mean, there's a first aid section of the Shopco. I mean, (laughs) it was like aisle three. 
Yeah, it's just like the pharmacy. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So uh Midas and KT are in aisle three, um, getting Southpaw's head bandaged up and making sure, you know, both his eyes focus the same amount. Um Moonflower, you find a small brown uh paper wrapped package on your desk. Um that seems sus. Uh, it was, yeah, mailed to this address. There's no return address. It's, um, yeah, small, like, kind of narrow package. Yeah. Addressed to you. I don't like that. Um, I am going to open it, though. Okay, awesome. Um, on the inside, you find a uh, very handsomely made uh, Italian stiletto-style switchblade folding knife. Uh, this is handcrafted um, from Italy with like mother of pearl inlay in the handle and a note um, that just says, uh, talk to you soon. Love mom and dad. Aww. I don't really have anything to add to that. It's just nice. It just was, <laughs> was kind of adorable. Yeah. It was cool. just nice. <laughs> awesome. And I think that might be where we end our comic. But one thing I would like to do is uh, I think not only is this the end of the session, but it's also the end of volume one, uh, which means we're going to wow. do our end of session moves. Um, you say moves? Yes. So in uh, a normal setting, a non-podcast setting, uh, this would trigger at the end of every play session. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but we kind of, yeah, we're going to do it just kind of at the end of every volume. Yeah. So um, the, the move itself is at the end of every session, uh, everyone chooses if they grew closer to the team, grew into their own image of themselves, or if they grew away from the team. So yeah, just kind of a, a nice way to kind of summarize your, your characters, you know, feelings about what happened over the course of the last volume. And there are some, you know, uh, mechanical consequences depending on what you choose. Okay. So yeah. Who would like to go first? I personally am going to say closer to the team. Awesome. Uh, who made you feel the most welcome and why? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Southpaw because he's just he's just a, a regular dude who's just mm-hmm. been just been in it to, to be the good guy. He's and trying so hard. Yeah, we've had, we've had some good interactions. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, uh, you give influence to Southpaw. And you also get to clear condition or mark potential. Either or? Mm-hmm. I will mark a potential. Awesome. Um, I want to keep those conditions for fun. <laughs> the goal is not to collect those. <laughs> for me, it is. Uh, awesome. And then Southpaw, I think you already have influence over Midas. Um, so you get to shift his labels. So, um, yeah, how do you see Midas after uh, this first adventure? Um, so I move one up and one down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and this is, um, going to be based on your view of Midas. Okay. So yeah. Um, how do you view Midas after, uh, all of these adventures? I mean, I guess I view him as, uh, sort of, a like, a a road dog, you know, partner in crime. Like, I, you know. It's nice to go into a hairy situation with someone who can throw like fireballs and summon zombie dinosaurs, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. So, um, and, uh, and yeah, is also, um, just, yeah, a cool new friend. Awesome. Interesting. So I'm trying to, so would that be like maybe freak? up or i think or is it like yeah detain up in a weird way because you're like he's just my my cool bud with weird nightmare powers but that's okay um or, yeah it's like cool weird nightmare powers but that's okay is how i would describe it and i don't know exactly how to okay. do that with one so up maybe one down, but mundane up and freak down or i guess i don't want to you know, nerf his spot. No, and that's not you're you're not supposed to, you're you you you're not allowed to think of it that way. All of the uh everything has to flow from the fiction. So Okay. What makes right. the most story sense is what happens. Um yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right actually. I guess that is it. Awesome. Cool, cool. 
Uh, Southpaw, how about yourself? Uh, do you feel like you grew closer to the team into your own image of yourself or away from the team? I mean, closer for sure. I mean, awesome. Just, and, yeah, absolutely. And uh, who made you feel the most welcome? Um, let's see. I actually, I feel like I am going to say uh, Moonflower because I feel like she, like, you know, she's, she kind of brought us all together and got us, you know, is get, you know, like I, you know, I look at her as, you know, I mean, she's just a, a the resources and know how and can do and mm-hmm. like knows what mm-hmm. to do always, you know? And, um, so the fact that, um, that she's like accepts his presence on the team with, again, with all with these other, kind of super powered super teens and uh, yeah i think i think that just means a lot to him and he's awesome. he also you know like feels like between like the shopco and the uh our ride yeah that, i mean that's it cool um so uh you give influence to moonflower and then you can clear a condition or mark potential okay i will clear a condition because i feel like those don't suit me very well awesome awesome um and then uh moonflower i think you already have influence as well i believe so yes awesome so you can go ahead and shift southpaw's label so how do you view southpaw after your first official mission as team leader um i think in a lot of ways i'm not sold on his powers if i'm being honest (laughs) um but i like having him there Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm so, like, like I feel like he does add, like, a very nice heart to the team that, like, I don't, I, I think maybe when we started this, Eden felt like she was sort of letting him tag along because she thought he was kind of cute. And that's, like, still a little bit true, but, like, she's starting to feel like there's some value, even if she can't, like, quite pin down exactly what he's adding to the team as he's getting, like, knocked around by everyone we come across. <laughs> But he always gets back up. He does always get back up. Awesome. So I don't... I'm trying to think what I want that to translate to in terms of labels. Um, Maybe like danger up or superior up or... Anything it would be one of the... Like one of those down. I don't know. I almost feel like it's mundane up. That's what I thought would be. Okay. Or no, like actually let's go savior up one and danger down one yeah he's been running in and taking one for the team and i can do savior but i can't really yeah no i think uh, i think it makes sense awesome 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 moonflower well just along that same note yes i do think i grew closer to the team um and i'm gonna say sam specifically because he gave me that kind of pep talk back at the casino Mm -hmm. and an important thing about eden is if you compliment her once uh she will carry that with her (laughs) (laughs) awesome awesome um so you can also clear condition or mark potential and then uh southpaw you get to shift eden's labels as well cool popular guy um yeah and i mean i kind of already said that essentially how i feel about moonflower is like um in general, I just to quickly summarize it, I would say like I feel I kind of look up to Moonflower, and also, um, yeah, I, I'm just I feel like almost just like relieved to belong, and also like really confident in her like um, cap capa- you know mm-hmm. what's the word you know like her yeah uh, her- competency. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what, how I would describe that. Awesome. Awesome. So maybe like uh, superior or savior up? Yeah, maybe superior up and... Mundane down? Either mundane down or freak down. I'm not totally sure. In the thought being that like just, you know... Is she less of like a normal person to you or less of like a mysterious protege assassin of the night um 
Yeah, it's that she's like less mysterious and more just like freaking good, you know, like yeah, yeah. So probably yeah, probably freak down and superior up. Or yeah, or mundane down and or mundane down and superior up. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can you remind me, Michael, what happens when I literally cannot make my superior any higher? Um, then you have to mark a condition. Um, so no labels get shifted, but you do mark a condition because like you can't, you know, someone is telling you the, how the world works and you can't, you know, you can't be that for them. And you care about what they say. I literally just unmarked insecure, but I will, I guess, remark insecure. (laughs) Um, because I, (laughs) I, I do think there's this element of Moonflower's relationship with Southpaw that, she feels a little inadequate. Like she feels like he has these like very noble and pure motivations. And she realizes that in a lot of ways she has often very selfish motivations and like Sam will do things cause he's genuinely nice and she will do things cause she wants people to like her. And I think that makes her insecure. Awesome. Awesome. That checks out. Also, yeah, and it makes sense too because I feel like that's that's the way to describe what Sam is kind of doing, which is putting Eden on some sort of pedestal, yeah, you know, exactly. like not even realizing it necessarily, mm-hmm. but that is mm-hmm. what it is. So, yeah, exactly, and that's perfect. And last but not least, our dearest living singularity, KT. Hello, I uh, I think. I think KT has grown just a little bit closer to the team over awesome. this over this volume. Excellent, very wholesome volume to start out. Uh, who made you feel the most welcome, and why? Uh, I'm gonna have to say that'll be the righteous flame himself, Midas Ooh. Thorn. Awesome. Uh, so Midas, you get influence over KT if you don't already have it, okay. uh, and then KT, you can clear a condition or mark potential. I shall mark potential. Um, and then did you already have influence over KT? I think this team, everyone. I think everyone does. Because yeah, uh, everybody everyone's, yeah. We're a big happy family. <laughs> um, awesome. So then you get to shift uh, KT's labels, Midas. Um, I would say that despite uber-powerfulness is just very obviously like super helpful in just... You know, even like in this recent encounter, just like getting in and out, saving, mm-hmm. saving people mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah, um, yeah. He's not just necessarily. Yeah, they've got a lot of utility. Yeah, they, they do prioritize helpfulness a lot. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they, and that's they, yeah, that's instead of just being like some like weird alien power. There's just a, a lot of uh, humanity and it's, and compassion. Yeah, it sounds like freak down and either like savior or mundane up depending on if you see them yeah more as a human or more as a savior i'd go yeah like freak down and savior up awesome cool well i think that is that wraps things up for volume one wonder world comics is an actual play podcast of masks a new generation by brendan conway this issue was gm'd by michael dunham who can be found on Twitter at GalvanicMan. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at BigSkyCharlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, who can be found on his website at TheoHamptonPhoto.com. Wonderworld Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony Number no. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at WWComicsPodcast or send us an email at WWComicsPodcast at gmail.com.